Welcome to the Plan Is podcast with me, Caroline Dunn. I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, yoga teacher, and a geek obsessed with learning how to live the biggest, fullest, most joyful life and helping you do the same. In this podcast, we'll cover fitness, nutrition, mindset yoga, and personal development because it's time to stop putting our health into boxes. It's time to care about the whole beautiful, messy you, mind, body, and spirit. The plan is to rise up, sweat, get stronger, be joyful, let it go, pause, laugh, try again, breathe, and do our best. I am so happy you're here. Hello and welcome to this episode, today's episode, where we're going to talk all things fat and saturated fat. Um, it tends to have a bit of a label as being a, in inverted commas, a bad part of our diet. So I'm going to dive into what that actually means today. So before we dive in, just a lovely reminder to head to my website and sign up to my mailing list so that we can keep in touch and I can give you some exclusive discounts and I can get you started on your journey with my free getting started guide. Or if you have started, just a refocus that is there and ready for you right now. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive into into today's episode. So the kind of question I pose that we're going to sort of answer and explore today is how bad is saturated fat? And when I was thinking about this topic, what really brought, what really came to life for me was the messages about fat that were particularly prevalent in the 1980s and 1990s. Um, So that was when I was growing up and there was really a bit of a low fat craze. Um, Everything was get rid of the fat, get rid of the fats. And I wonder whether if you are kind of shopping in the shops now, would you still look now for the lower fat option? Do you automatically think that that lower fat option is something better for us? Well, I would perhaps argue that no, no, that lower fat option isn't necessarily the better option for us because fat isn't bad. And I thought to put this in perspective, we might just recap what we actually need fat for. It is essential part of our diet. And here are some of the main roles that it plays in the body. So first of all, it provides us with energy. So it is used as an energy source for a lot of the low intensity, long endurance stuff that we do. So for instance, our general walking around, that is generally fueled by fat. Um, Fat also helps us make and balance hormones. So our hormone synthesis can get completely out of whack if we don't get enough fat in our diet. It also forms our cell membrane. So literally every single cell out of the trillions in your body contains fat. It's made of the cell membrane, a phospholipid bilayer. So we need it for every single cell membrane. Now, fat is also an essential part of our brain and our nervous system. And not only that, it is actually needed to absorb and transport some of the vitamins. So some vitamins 
only dissolve in fat and they can only be absorbed when we have fat in our diet. And um, those are A, D, E, and K. Is that alphabetical? I don't know. <laughs> I always remember them as Cade. So Cade, K-A-D-E, the fat-soluble vitamins. And then finally, also fat, it provides us with the essential fatty acids. So you might know those as omega-3 and omega-6. So we literally can't make those ourselves in our body. We have to get them from our food. So why have I just given you that whole long list? It's to make a point. It's to make a point that unless you are a freak of nature, not made up of human, then you need fat. <laughs> so what we see with this like 1980s and 1990s low fat craze, it was just not good. And um, this craze hit from wherever you're listening, um, mainly countries with the standard Western diet. And what we've actually found, if we kind of look at this as a social science experiment, um, and we look at what happened to people with this low fat craze and this low fat push to reduce it in our lives what we see is people they did not get healthier or slimmer and we actually find that weight and metabolic diseases such as heart disease actually continue to increase throughout the 90s and 80s and 90s um, with this low fat so let's put this in perspective as well with the rest of the world so in the 80s and 90s we were pushing low fat everyone cut the fat out of their diets the health markers didn't increase, um, people's overall BMI didn't get any better, weight was increasing, etc. The rest of the world were still enjoying their typical diets of like avocados and coconuts and full fat dairy and depending where they are in the world, like blubber and fatty meats and oily fishes and olive oils. And so if we look at the rest of the world during this time, their health and their weights stayed pretty darn good lean with less incidences of cardiovascular disease interesting huh so this is why this is why we think with this lovely hindsight and study when we went low fat as a as a culture and as a diet message this is actually what effect it had on our diets so we started substituting with more low fat foods and therefore this tended to increase the amount of processed food in our diet and it's not that processed food is bad but quite often there was added sugar etc to it um, that we weren't necessarily aware of secondly when solely bad foods were focused on and again bad is in inverted commas um, it took the focus away from considering overall nutritional quality of our food across our day across our month across our year in our life it also added so when we took this fat away like less satisfaction and um, less feelings of um, feeling full from our meals. So we just felt less satisfied. Well, what are you going to do when you feel less satisfied? You're going to eat more or eat more different things, aren't you, in order to try and get that satisfaction. It's one of the key reasons why we eat. Um, I'd, I personally would argue we don't want to dissociate or divorce our emotions from our food. And deriving satisfaction is a really important and valid thing that food fills in our lives. What also happened when we went low fat is that more added sugar and salt was added in to try and make up the taste so that it still tasted tasty and we still wanted to eat this food. Um, and then 
finally, and I think this is the big point for me really, when we decided to go along this like no fat, bad fat, we focus unduly on just one macronutrient. We, in fact, as a macronutrient, um, by focusing on unduly on this one thing, like demonizing fat, we lost sight of like the complex biosocial psychological nature of food and by that means yes there's a biology element of food and we think of the nutritional quality but there's also a social aspect of food and there is the mental emotional aspect of food and all three of those knit together to comprise our diet and therefore our emotions, our satisfaction, our shared connection, the value that certain foods have in our culture and in other cultures is really, really important. And when we demonized fat, we just lost some of that complexity, that nuance, and some of that emotional, social aspect of the food. And so I'd say when we consider our diets and this would help many of us, not just in our fat intake. We should be considering not just what we eat. I think, and this is my sort of question and challenge for you today is, we should be considering how we eat, why we eat, where we eat, and with whom. It's not just about the ingredients, the nutritional quality. And so thinking about how our food fits into our whole life pattern with those complex social, cultural, environmental influences. So I guess that leaves us with the question is, does the type of fat we eat matter? Well, yes, of course it does. The answer to that question, yes or no, would be a yes. But if we do look at it in the context of favouring more whole, nutritionally dense food, eaten slowly and enjoyed and being mindful of reducing processed food, probably not so much, not so much as we might think. I would also leave you with some special considerations for fat intake as well. So I wouldn't recommend a certain necessarily um, like perfect amount of fat intake because the special considerations are like, how active are you? And what sort of activity is that like? Is it high intensity? Is it more endurance? Because that's going to change the amount of fat that your body's going to want to use. I'd also ask like, how much do you prefer to eat? Some people just feel better when they're eating more fat or less fat, more carbohydrate, less carbohydrate, etc, etc. And then finally, there are certain health conditions that are going to affect the amount of fat that you want to be ingesting anyway, um, things with gallbladder and your pancreas, etc. So leaving you with this idea, really, that when we tend to look at the bigger picture, the bigger picture of food as social connection and enjoyment and like that Sunday dinner with our family and the chips that we have after a few drinks with our friends and the cuisine that we experience when we go on holiday, when we look at this bigger picture of what food is in our lives, the smaller details can just tend to take care of themselves. They don't need to take up that headspace. So I'd love for you to share with me what sparked 
here for you today what was helpful so do shout me out on social media and um, you can tag at the plan by caroline and share that you've listened to this share it with your friends get the message out there so that we can reach more people and spread the message of being strong in mind body and spirit thanks everyone it makes me do a little happy dance to have had you join me in this episode if you enjoyed it then please subscribe rate it five stars and leave a written review i so appreciate it and don't forget to subscribe to my mailing list also at www.theplancoaching.com so we can keep in touch I love doing this with you and sharing the struggles, laughs and wins along the way. So I thank you for being here. And until next time, remember, life's better with a plan.